With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So your fate and pieces dropped on YouTube. Congratulations. It is, yes. I love people, it. It's I'm been actually, running long enough for it to actually be easy, shot. And, easy, <clears throat> easy there, yeah. And was also, that a shot? Was that too it, much? It was a little bit. It also <laughs> has been running long enough that we can get uh, our TV episode done. We actually have a little bit more yeah. to do, but we did our big sedan TV episode for uh, season six. So that's in the can now, which was very exciting. So that was very cool. But yes, the fate and pieces on YouTube. You, you had your really good Maserati piece that well, started thank two you. weeks I, ago. I like your fate and piece. I love that you broke down so many things about the car because we've talked about there's, there's all these little hidden tips and tricks and only the owners know to turn the key to the left and the video it could have been an that hour fuel pump and this battery and you didn't know it had 10 million acus and whatever i, I honestly i honestly I went really out when it, i man. when i did my thank you when i did my review i honestly went out and i did a loop near my house that was about 35 minutes and i literally just said to myself i, I did stop for a while and talk about the interior but i just yeah. said for myself Whatever I cover in this 35 minutes is all we're covering in this video. I mean, I knew there was more I could say. I just was like, I'm going to do this this loop, and then I'm going to be done. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it ends up being a lot of info, but at the same time, it's like the scratch of the surface. Because every time yeah. I have a weird question, I look up something and I go, really? And you find this obscure piece of, course of I do. thing on the forum. You're like, wow, only fake it threw owners. A, it threw a check engine light at the end of our shoot uh, yesterday. Yeah. And so I actually have an OBD2 reader, so I checked it. Did it, it turn was running, it out? It was running lean. It? Oh, yeah. It was running lean. So it just had some sort of hiccup with gas and was running lean. So I checked that. I, I cleared that. Well, it sounds like it so, solved the problem, too, because a lot of times if you clear the code, it doesn't solve the problem. It just clears we'll see. the code. I mean, I, I, but if it's running better, then maybe it It seems to be running did. a little better. I think it just had some sort of cough. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it could be the, could be the harbinger of doom, though. <laughs> Telling you. It these could are be two the, of the most anxiety-ridden cars to this own is, and drive, and, and that is part of the experiment. We, this we is this what's on. funny about it. You're, you, I, I love that you brought that up because I keep think, I keep resonating with that. Everybody's Again. like, nah, how could it be? <laughs> Actually? Well, but you know what? But here's, <laughs> here's the thing I've discovered that has surprised <laughs> me about the anxiety related to owning these cars. It's actually even – look, it's terrible to own a car that breaks down a lot. It's terrible to own a car yeah. that you have to put money into. Th- this is true. I've had that experience. I don't like it. It's not fun. Agreed. However – the filmmaker in me and the guy that is a co-host of a show that a guy that has deadlines and and wants to make content yeah i am more frustrated and more anxiety driven about it breaking so that i can't use it to shoot it yeah that yeah. that gives me far more stress than just the, that's like a new layer of stress i've never had with a car before where yeah. i'm aware of the fact that it needs to run to actually be seen running, and, and, I agree. and the, I hear you. it is, it's running. But this is this is the demon <laughs> on my shoulder going, yeah. Your whole production day is about to die. That's that's what's really terrible. So, and I know. Look, some of you are screaming Hoovy's garage" and just saying part of the joke is the breakdown. Yeah, but I don't want to show a car just sitting yes there, and, and no. I and I don't want to yes show no. a car sitting in the shop and talk to you about the thousands of dollars we spent on it because at some point it bankrupts the show, and you and I have to go get jobs again. Exactly. Let's not do that. We have to have cars that run. Well, well. Speaking of stress, <laughs> everyone, Todd drove the Quattroporte for the first time yesterday because we're we're including it in the big sedan shoot. Mm-hmm. And so he came back and he, he said, every time I upshifted, I'm like, I'm covering my eyes. I'm holding up my arms because mm-hmm. in case something just shatters, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes, this is the feeling of QP5 ownership. Well, with that. But with then that- it. Changes gear. Dual electric. That's the thing. It's it's that it's it's like a hold your breath moment. 
It is. You pull oh, a paddle. You hold your breath. You just kind of tense. You just tense <laughs> while it figures out a gear. And then when it finds that gear, you go, ah, and you put your foot in it again. Exactly. And then it sounds great. It and sounds it, great. And it pulls oh, like crazy. I'm near red line. I'm going to have to shift again. again. Oh, Darn no. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, the, that's the moment of terror that's related QP5 to that car for sure. five ownership right there. Well, so this big sedan shoot, everyone, is part of the two old cars and having two new cars. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. Todd and I have long talked about these two new cars. Yeah. There are many that we could have included. Sure. But press cars were not available at sort of the end of the year and mm-hmm. – getting them out here, you know, on winter tires and trying to correspond with, you know, sunny days when roads are clear kind of thing. So we were not able to secure the press cars. And so we ended up going to dealerships in Salt Lake City and walking in the door cold (laughs) and saying, hi, here's what we're doing. Here's the shoot day. We need a car. Can Mm -hmm, you accommodate mm -hmm, us? Totally. And so it happened. And first of all, BMW of Pleasant Grove and BMW of Murray, Utah, they're the same dealer under Firmage Automotive Group. So they also have many in in, uh, Salt Lake City as well. We walked in and talked to the social media coordinator, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much. And she talked to their management. And indeed, they gave us a brand new, Mm -hmm. off the showroom floor, 10 miles on the car. Yes. Yes. 750 IL X-Drive, which is part of the shoot. It was exactly what we wanted. yeah. Brand new, and they just yeah. said, "All right, could you keep the mileage down? Otherwise, here you go." They didn't say any anything past that. Just they understood the value, and we've always talked mm-hmm. about, "Hey, if you can't get a good deal near you, there's other dealerships to work with." So clearly, they're willing to work with you. They're willing mm-hmm. to just give us a car off the yeah, showroom floor. And so big thanks to them for wanting yeah, to work sure. with us. And it was the, it was shocking to be honest. It was it was very cool to have it. I I hadn't driven the new seven. This is the sixth uh, generation. I do have to say it. Yes, now with more beaver teeth. It, it does have the new <laughs> big beaver teeth tripping over its teeth styling. It has that, but that's not the BMW dealer's issue. That is a design issue. <laughs> it is. And indeed. the dealer was fantastic. Was here. That, and that's the thing. We also joked. We also went to uh, Audi of Salt Lake, the, the strong automotive group, Audi, and they gave, gave us an A8L, which was awesome. Also the same kind also of thing. Also brand new. Also brand it new. sitting out front, ready to go. Yes. They had it waiting for us when we pulled up, mm-hmm. yep. and they had it waiting for us. It was great. Fantastic! Great. Thank you guys for and, for doing the Audi thing as well. And these are Amazing. no, I mean, these are literally brand new. Meaning, you know, there's no floor mats in them. There's plastic on stuff. I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah. brand You're new. Just tearing into the car, so like, it's it was ours. it was fantastic. It was great. But but what's funny is, and Paul and I were joking about this. There is nobody that works at any dealer that is prepared for the conversation that we have when we walk in. <laughs> whatever their no whatever their their standard because we've all been to car dealers and they have some level of like default settings. If A go to page thirty six, if they say C <laughs> go to page forty, that's true. We're not in the book. We're not in the book. <laughs> no, we walk in and we no explain who we us. are, and there's you could just see people kind of grind to a mental halt and go, "I'm sorry, this is outside the realm of my book." What are we talking about? Yeah. And and here's the thing. Yeah. Unlike when we did this in Atlanta, we had a better part of a week's notice. So we went in and just said, we need this for next week. Here's right, what's up. Right. So we gave some lead time, and which was also nice because nobody was under pressure. That was the hard, even the harder part about Atlanta is that it was under pressure. It was like, uh, can I have it now? <laughs> yeah, you know? but now. Is now good so, for you? But, uh, but those two uh, dealers were actually great to us and, and they really were, supportive. They were, both of them. And very, really. and here's the other thing yeah. about it. Very excited that we actually did that as a default, that uh, as a backup. We actually ta- thought to come in locally. Which was a different headspace for me because, you know, you and I have talked about, well, dealerships aren't going to give you a brand new car off the showroom floor to go put miles on, which is what we need. We need to shuttle it to the location. We need to drive it. We need to drive it hard and fast like it's designed for mm-hmm. and give it back perfectly intact. Mm-hmm. 
what dealer is going to do this? These two dealers did. Yeah, they did. Amazing. So thanks to both these dealers. Yep. If they're willing to work with us and give us brand new stuff just for camera, they'd be surely they'd be willing to give they, you a deal too, right? That makes them seem That's like the good headspace. people. I agree with that. Totally I think they're agree. great. Totally agree. So anyway. glad we got that actually in the can. That is episode five of six of season six. Episode six, we aren't even shooting until January, just to scare me further. <laughs> but we're doing that because it is very snow-related. I'm actually really excited about season six because we've got a lot of breadth of content. But we also have got two snow-related episodes in one season. And, and they're actually coming out during the spring, the first quarter. So it'll actually seem like, hey, it's still cold outside in some places. And we're showing you something in the snow. So I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah. Again, those will drop on the Motor Trend channel. That'll be 7.30 a.m. Eastern Sorry. starting the first Saturday of January. It'll go through the entire first quarter. It will follow to Amazon Prime 10 days, two weeks later. Each mm-hmm. episode will follow. It's going to be earlier this year, yes, so you're not waiting be. quite so long to see it on we, Amazon Prime. We Vid- would, Vid- if you have Motor Trend cable channel, i got to be honest with you, I want you watching the premieres. Even Agreed. even if you wind up watching Amazon later or owning it on Amazon later, which would be awesome. I'd love you watching the premieres because that uh, viewership number directly relates to our sponsors, which is Covercraft and Griots again, and others as well are coming, which we're excited to talk about some new companies in addition. And and those numbers directly from TV relate to us getting more sponsors and having more shows. So that, that Nielsen number, even though, of course, we can track uh, streaming views as well, but that Nielsen number is a powerful number to advertisers, and so that's important. One final call to action for the Iberia Peninsula trip. You can go to the oh, everydaydriver.com yeah. website and see the Adventures tab. When you click that on the left column, you can see the Spain and Portugal trip scheduled for April 2020. The deposits are due December 15th, 2019, so this is probably the last podcast you'll yep. hear when We're we going. can actually get those you know deposits in. If you've been thinking about mm-hmm. it, one last arm twisting, we'd love to have you. <laughs> it's going to be really, it's really gonna cool. It's going to be amazing. We're and definitely, we are definitely gonna, going. It's going to be really doing fun. That. And then also, For Christmas is coming, so Blu-rays. Remember the Blu-rays to all the films, mm-hmm. and as Todd has said before, the image quality for the films is far yeah. better, even than streaming. They look great when they're streaming on Amazon. They do. Amazon streaming stuff. But Blu-ray is another level above that. It really is. You can see the quality. So the Blu-rays for stocking stuffers for the car enthusiasts in your life. And then jackets as well. So if you still want a jacket, we're going to leave that open till the end of January Mm -hmm. 2020. Those are the official host jackets. And Mm -hmm. so we're taking sizes so we can get those actually custom printed in in a different way than than Amazon fulfillment. So we're doing our own fulfillment essentially. Yeah, keep in mind, if you're listening to this podcast uh, live or after, Unfortunately, I think your chances if you order a jacket now of it arriving by Christmas Day are slim to none. But that's okay. You can still, can still get, get that jacket, yeah. and like you just said, we'll keep it open for a little bit and, and through the new year, so that people can go. Hey, it's still going to be cold. You still need a jacket. Yes. And yes. this honestly came yep. up because of you guys. So much of what we do here, honestly, especially with with merchandising and crazy ideas like weird sedans, comes from you guys hearing us say some sort of wild throwaway idea and going, "Wait, wait, wait, wait a minute!" <laughs> and the jackets are something you and I've worn on a lot of the fast blasts. Yeah, and many yeah. of you have asked, "Hey, where do those jackets come from?" So we're getting them made. So thank you for those orders. Yep. And we've got the t-shirts as well. So the fate and fail and the QP5, the uh, Pickle Fork Company t-shirts are on the store. So you can go to the same, it, the, so the link on the everydaydriver.com. So that link takes you right to the Amazon store where you can order mm-hmm. in different colors. So you can order red and blue and you can kind of customize your colorway. <laughs> and then there's also the I Speak Car shirt as well, which is also very cool. So I we're going to finally get those. Personally, I have all of these on order. Yes. I, I went and yes. bought our own merchandise. We're which getting is, these. I don't know if that means it's awesome these. or I'm believably narcissistic, but I'm excited about all those shirts. No, we're Meanwhile, both getting them to, promoting someone to else wear. for a second, I did. Many 
of you mentioned it. Many of you mentioned it. In fact, I think I got the better part of 20 emails or personal messages or comments on Discord. I did buy the Lotus Position shirt from Blipshift. As you should. And it arrived yesterday. Oh, it did? And I love it. Fantastic. It's an awesome shirt. And I showed it to my wife. She didn't know. I showed it to my wife. (laughs) I was like, I got the shirt for myself. And she read it and she goes... Yeah, that's pretty much you. That's pretty much designed for you. He's like, yep, it that's is. why I got it. So anyway. It is. All right, so jumping into the debates, we've got a couple cool ones. I always say that, but hey, they're always cool, and that's due to you guys yeah, for sure. writing us with your story. And this is Will Z. We don't know where he's located, but he said, it's the first time contacting you because I've always been relatively sure of my car purchases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Up until now. Up yeah, until and this then moment. All of a sudden. And he had he needs an alternative to the Subaru Outback. My neighbor across the street owns two white outbacks. Mm-hmm. If he's listening, two white hello, outbacks. neighbor. Yeah. He's got two of them and they like white outbacks. And hey, if you like the outback, that is wonderful. They're great cars. Yes. They run forever. Mm-hmm. They do so many jobs well. Granted, white is one of the most popular colors. It period. is, but yeah, we've so, had the white discussion. I'm still not sold on white. I still don't like thing. it. But anyway. Yeah, I, I would actually like to see the numbers on how many super outbacks are sold in white because I bet you it's seventy five percent. I think it's white for like seventy five percent, followed by gray for like twenty percent and the and then assorted Probably. colors for the rest. Probably. Because it's amazing how many are out. We've talked about how the Rocky Mountains are kind of, you know, Subaru Central and I know that the Pacific Northwest and yeah. the Pacific and the Atlantic Northeast are both the same, but there's a lot of Subarus here in general. And Subaru has had massive growth over the past few years, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's because their cars run and are good. They didn't have massive growth because it's an accident. I mean, they made good content, and they've done a good job in marketing all-wheel drive will save your life to the general public, and we've all bought that hook, line, and sinker. I'm not saying it's not helpful, but <laughs> that's been – I mean, that, that idea has sold. The, so here's the Outback. It is a – SUV alternative. I mean, it's almost an SUV, but it is it's, really an oversized right, wagon. Yeah, it's, it's a wagon that's almost the size of a of yeah. a GMC Acadia. It's a crazy big wagon, but it has their bomb-proof all-wheel drive system, which is fifty-fifty all-wheel drive. Yeah, great warranties, good reliability, a lot of value for money. I see the reasons you buy it. This what is, if I got two Expeditions? Or two Caymans. You'd be like, um, I we know have you talked like about, them. We have talked about branch out your garage. Your neighbor with the two white Super Outbacks is – clearly he likes those cars. And, and, and they are fine. fine but you can like really a car, but branch two? out. Yeah, I hear you. And if you need the utility that you're talking about, we'll just borrow your wife's car. She can borrow your car. You think. Whatever. You think. And get something we, different. I, I didn't intend this to be an Outback rant, but it is. I'm just bringing that up because Will has a Subaru Outback on lease that has gone to the dealer half a dozen times, he said, due to electrical issues. And, you know, he says the 2020 Outback seems cool. But he's I, I looking for something to replace it. I don't think the issues he's having are all that common either. I think those things I just think generally I run. think it's very, an anomaly. Well, yeah, for to be sure. Honest. Yeah. So he's looking for something that can replace it. He says, I'm traversing water and worn dirt roads to get to trailheads. And he said he's bottomed out multiple times. Don't tell the dealer, which is probably why he didn't tell us where he's located. <laughs> they so probably noticed that it's – they've they got it up on the list. Looked. They might have seen – I don't know. You can tell when a car's been Why does this have dirt here? That, that's weird. Exactly. Yeah. The budget is high, though. It Approximately $65,000. And he says, I prefer wagons. High ground wagons are limited. And he's look, been looking at the Volvo V90. It's, it's high ground clearance. He, he would like so he can keep yeah, doing he'd these like kind it, of roads. Sure. Ideally, yeah. He's been looking at the Mercedes E-Class wagon. He said, just for fun, I drove an E63S. Yes, they're They're awesome. Uh, amazing, but that's a lowered wagon now, so it's probably yeah, going the wrong direction. It Besides is. the fact that it's pricey, it's kind of it, it, it. They didn't raise it; they lowered it. <laughs> and please don't buy an E sixty three wagon and raise it. I think that's going yeah, the wrong well, way. Yeah, they, yeah. 
So they, he also drove a CX-5 Macan. He said, I'm open to use, but he would buy new if he can find something that is a rare car just to get one on the road, one more on the road. Now, he says, while I'm here, I've got an, uh, an ND Miata RF. Cool. That he can sell for twenty five thousand dollars. He says, "I love it, but I put in a ton of miles on it." And he says, "I know it well now." Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where he loves his car and he's still willing to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. You're exactly at the right spot with that car. You don't have to hate it to get rid of it. No, you're just looking for a new experience. And so, totally love it. What else would we get for that budget? Not an eighty six BRZ. He he specifically said he does not want an eighty six, which is fine, also fine. But you know, maybe he should put all that money back into one single car. So first of all, he's got to get the, you know, whatever that is, the reliable, maybe it's SUV, maybe it's something like that, Mm -hmm. that will take him to trailheads and can be a good commuter, can be good off-road. I I love the wagon thing. Wagons are scarce and becoming even scarcer. And here's the secondary thing. The wagon wagon world, besides being scarce, the other issue that happens is the wagons that I feel like a lot of us collectively lust after aren't ones you'd want to take off-road. Although, you know what's funny, Will? If you didn't have an Outback and you wrote this story to us, it'd probably be on the list to go buy. Interesting Because point. it fills the need. Yeah, yeah. It's not the most, wow, enthusiastic, you but, know, canyon-carving car, but for what you're describing, totally. it has to be on the list. Throw a bunch of stuff in it. Go down a fire road. Oh, man, the fire road got bumpy. I'm still That's rocking in the Outback. I, let's it? do it. Yes, it's got tons <laughs> of space. Yes, for sure. I totally see why you have it. But I'm trying to get you into something based on what you're re- recommending here. I mean, you've got a good budget to start with, but you know, we could even add you've got the 65 grand as a budget, and you're willing to theoretically sell the Miata and add 2025 to the 65. We've got a lot of money to work with here. There's lots of options you could chase. <laughs> well, we call but, that extra money. Extra money. In, in this business, we call yeah. it extra money to go spend We, we act money like everybody car. has extra money, including ourselves, and that leads to terrible financial it decisions does. like you know Maserati Quattro Portes and $5,000 Phaetons. I don't know who would ever do that. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. But where I actually go here is I think what you need is a Cayenne. I think that's the beginning and end. I am sniper shotting for you because that's funny. Anything off road you want to do, that will do. We have our our Picatel piece, uh, uh, Porsche Experience Center Atlanta, that is coming up in season six, and we do their massive off road course in a brand new Cayenne with the exact same tires. Three season, all seasons. My wife uses every t- every part of the year but winter. It's those normal street tires Which that we do amazing. road trips yeah. on. Yeah. We did crazy Moab-quality off-roading thing in a current Cayenne. So anything you want to do off-road, the Cayenne will be fine. Everything about your off-roading, it's going to be fine. But when you get to do commuting, nice place to be, when you get to uh, doing long drives, high speed, or you wind up on a, on a canyon kind of road, it's going to surprise you at every possible step. I mean, you brought up the Macan. I like the Macan. But I think your off-road leanings lean you more toward the Cayenne. So I think the answer here is how much do you want to spend on a Cayenne? Do you want to buy a new one? Or you could just buy a used one for fifty, <laughs> sixty grand and use the rest of the money on some new really fun sports car. And I'm, while I'm here, and I hate to go Porsche, Porsche, but you probably should shop Boxer Caymans used. <laughs> I just put a double Porsche garage together, yes, and I did. don't love that. You could. And, but here, here, I'll balance uh, the world like further. This. I'll balance the world further. If you want to spend a little bit less on your Cayenne, you could get one for 30, 40 grand. You've got 80 grand to spend, okay? 85 grand, 90. Sorry, 90 grand to spend. My math's terrible. You've got 90 grand to spend. A lot. Spend, uh, you know what, half of that on a used Cayenne. Because I really think the Cayenne's the play for your daily. You could do. Biting my tongue over here. Alpha 4C, <laughs> really nice Lotus Elise. 
uh-huh. or uh, even an Evora. Uh-huh. With the remaining 45 you've got left over. Yeah. Yes, you could go Cayman. You could go 911. But if you want to go more unique, there's your options. Alpha 4C, Elise, or Evora. This is amazing because the Cayenne is the beginning and end of my list, too. Really? Okay. Well, apparently, Will's buying a Cayenne. Will any Cayenne for that money? I mean, you could go back to the Trans-Siberian Cayenne if you want more of the off-road, mm-hmm. kind of the unique. Because you said, you mentioned unique. The yep. Trans-Siberian model was very unique. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you can find one... They're pretty inexpensive, which leaves you all this extra money for some cool car over here. I'll go you one further. If he, if he wants to take that ninety grand and split it a couple of ways, spend thirty five forty, find a base Cayenne. They're not super fast, but you can get the base Cayenne, even the second-gen base Cayenne, with a stick. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's a 2008 GTS with a six-speed manual and bring a trailer right now. Well, that's the first, the end of the first gen. That's like the one I have, and those are so cool. Yeah, Will, uh, you've got the manual transmission. I mean, that, that actually checks all your boxes, <laughs> if you can believe it. <laughs> and I, I, you could go 2015 or 2016 Cayenne GTS, like mm-hmm. the one we bombed on Germany. Yes. We, we were going Watch the pilgrimage crazy film. fast on the Autobahn Four guys there. and a bunch of gear at 170 miles an hour for the next half hour. It, you, it's impressive. I mean, you could go newer than that. I found a 2016 Cayenne S for 45000 hmm. And that's even newer. So you could go either newer or, like Todd's saying, yeah. have some of that extra money. Have more extra money <laughs> left over. Because for car number two, I want you to go completely experiential. Like a moment in time car, like cars Todd suggested over here. But you could go back to something more classic and raw, more vintage, because mm, you've experienced okay. the sure, RF, which sure, is sure. among the pinnacle, like hardtop sports of, of car. current things right now, it's way I mean, up there. It's what, really good. What do you yeah. go to after that, short of like a Boxster mm-hmm. or a Cayman R or a BMW 1M? 1M would be good, yeah. Or a Jaguar F-Type. Those are just mm-hmm. special cars. Yeah, special to drive. Yeah, they are. How about a Caterham? How about something wild and crazy? Because you've got your client over here that's just going to run, and that's your car. Sure, yeah. What is the car that you've always wondered about and been curious about? Mm, what if you mm. took this stack of cash, and that's your bring-a-trailer money, <laughs> and you're just, you're just awaiting the day? I'm just scrolling. Check it the next day. I'm just awaiting the day to sniper shot the bid and be like, that's mine. I've always wondered about that <laughs> car. That's it. That one? That's the perfect one. Thank you all. Blam. Oh, but bring, there's the bring a trailer tax there, though, because it's just there'd be somebody there out is. there opposite Will going, I'm going to go up again. There is, That's there the is, thing, if, yeah. if you can. But, you know, what's the, the thing you've never really seriously considered? Because I, I need a car to run. I need it to mm. do great. Yeah, I need I it see to do that. all these I things. That. I, yeah, yeah. That would be great to have, but, and name a litany of reasons. Sorry, Mondial. <laughs> I love Mondials. <laughs> I Get know a you do. I know you do. Just enough money, 90 grand. So 40, like 40, 45 on the Cayenne. <laughs> Leaves you 50, 55 over here. For the Mondial. <laughs> if you're rocking a Mondial. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, yeah, look around it and, yeah, you can divide it up. And I, I just think, you know, new car experience. And go Agreed. backwards Agreed. Totally. to yeah. these yeah. more got analog of- kinds of cars that, yeah. you know, car kingdom is littered with that we all love you're and right. appreciate. You're right. Go yeah. sample one of those for a few years. I see that. And yeah. now do the same thing that you've done with Miata RF. Ring all you can out of it. Mm. Get bored of it to where yeah. I still love it. And it's time to move on to something next, new experience. I love it. I Not love many it. of us have the opportunity to do this, Will. So congratulations that you can. Yeah. And I, I encourage you. Greatly. Apparently, Will's buying a Cayenne. We've all been there. You're wrenching on your car, and then suddenly you round off a bolt head, or you strip out a screw head, or that nut you actually need to remove is frozen in rust. So what then? Now there's a great solution from Rocket Socket, the company which has a legacy of making fastener removal tools with proven technology. RocketSocket has created a new premium set of removal sockets for damaged fasteners of all kinds. 
They easily remove pretty much everything. Damaged, rusted, frozen, stripped, rounded out fasteners, they remove them all. And most importantly, all the sockets are 100% made right here in the USA with high-grade American steel. These are incredibly cool and perfectly simple. If the sockets fit the fastener, whether it's a bolt, nut, or screw head, it just won't let go. The secret is the proven razor grip superior removal technology. All of these sockets work with all standard ratchets, impact wrenches, and power tools. We've stripped more bolts than we can count, so we're excited to use these sets and have Rocket Socket as one of our sponsors. Go to therocketsocket.com, that's therocketsocket.com, to choose the most useful fastener removal socket set for yourself, or, you know what, you could give a useful gift this year. All these sets work for any kind of projects, for your car, even around the house, too. In addition to free shipping, you can now use the code every day and save 15% on any socket set purchased through the web store at therocketsocket.com. That's 15% off at therocketsocket.com with code every day. You might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out, and it's baking your car's interior. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I, I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. Jason in Ontario, Canada, wrote in with uh, I don't, a term I've never heard before. <laughs> He's writing in with a wine emergency. These are real. These are real. Uh, he he actually w wait. There's a wine emergency. I mean, yeah. Okay. So let me let me let me try to unpack this. Uh, Jason Jason needs a car that can carry. That just I'm just going to dive right in. It has to carry for his work <laughs> twenty to thirty cases of wine <laughs> because he is a he runs a successful wine distribution company. Now they don't make wine. Or sell it, actually. This is a wine distribution company. So he is driving wine to clients that are signed up for this wine distribution company. And occasionally, apparently, things are referred to as a wine emergency. I, I, I'm quite confused by this. It exists. Yeah. My dad and I went to breakfast the other day when I was visiting. Okay. And, uh, wine for breakfast. It's a wine emergency. No. This actually doesn't have to do with wine, but it relates <laughs> okay. because he said we're at a breakfast spot and they specialize, you know, egg dishes, all that kind of stuff. Sure, sure, yeah. And he asked one of the owners, he said, did you guys, you know, have you ever run out of eggs like on a breakfast morning? And he mm -hmm. said, it's funny you ask, you know, because one time we were out and the shipment didn't come in because somebody forgot to order more. Oh, man. Okay. And so for the restaurant, he said the owner jumped in her car and this is up in Washington and she was, I mean, shooing it. Mm-hmm. 
to the Costco. Got it. That was 20 minutes away. Got it. Because, and she was breaking the speed limit, the whole deal, because any potential traffic ticket she would have gotten is far outweighed by the sales the restaurant will generate on a Sunday morning breakfast. So she went and bought eggs. Please so tell she me she got loaded a, her car. Did she get to wreck on the way back and put <laughs> eggs everywhere? Because that would be the only way this story is awesome. Sorry, go on. No, she did not. <laughs> I know the jokes write themselves, but yes. no, she did not. But she got back and they had eggs and thusly let it be so. They, the end of the story. Yes. But the point is the egg hood. food emergencies like yes. this. So when, when there's like a restaurant... Jason, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know the wine emergency. If you run out, that is bad. And any potential speeding ticket you get, even if it's $500, <laughs> you're going to sell in the first hour of business when your bar is open or whatever that is. Yeah. You're going to sell far more than that. So it's worth it. So therefore, yes, I get it. So he's in the storage and courier business of wine. He says, says this covers Amazing. the entire province of Ontario, Canada. And he needs a business daily, mm -hmm. something for mm -hmm. wine. So it's like a wine panel van, maybe? <laughs> you know, a bread van and then a wine van and the Amazon van. 20 to 30 cases of wine. I looked this up. You've got 12 bottles in a case. Clearly, I am not a heavy wine drinker. You've got 12 <laughs> bottles in a case. But that, Did it sta state the weight? Uh, no, it didn't. But but he he says it'll be between <clears throat> 1,000 and 1,500 pounds worth of liquid. I mean, that's like four or five people in your car. Being hauled and hooned. Yeah, yeah. hooned. Yeah. yeah. So he says all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive is necessary as he does end up in some very remote places. Is he an enophile, hoonophile? I like this. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm trying, I'm trying to put it together. Anyway, this is, this is a whole new world for me. I'm completely confused. <laughs> Welcome. All right. He says it cannot be a pickup because the wine needs to stay in a temperature range. Yes, this is very important. Or he would have bought a manual Gladiator or a Tacoma. He says... <laughs> Manual is the dream, and okay. it's got to be a comfortable place to be, as this will become his office while traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's going to be lots of traveling. Mm -hmm. So he's needing to find the balance, the status balance between yeah, yeah. I'm successful enough to pay for your freight if anything happens mm -hmm, mm -hmm. versus I'm not ripping you off. So this this is what that image to his clients needs to project. Yeah, yeah. So it needs to be nice enough, but not... You know, like a Bentega Wine Express or something. <laughs> the one-off Aston Martin shooting break shooting with wine your shooting wine break. in the back. Yeah. So he's, he's got a Paul limiter of 50,000 Canadian, buying within 45 days. And he wrote to us just a few weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, Jay, you have helping. not bought anything yet yep. because I'm very curious. He says he's bought more vehicles since uh, he wrote to us. Uh, he's written to us before, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And he's not sure what the count is today. His current project car might kill any car guy credibility he has. It's a 1986 Pontiac Fiero SE V6 with a four-speed. He found it in a field where it had lived for a decade, and he bought it to be a chump or lemons car. Yeah, yeah. But he says he's restoring the Fiero with a few upgrades, and he says the replacement motor, motor is ready for install. Is it a North Star V8? Please let it be a North Star <laughs> yes, V8. exactly. I've been talking about the Fiero with a North Star V8. Yes, we'd love it. We'd love it. By the way, sorry, su sudden side rant. <laughs> Side rant, back rant, Whatever. forward rant. Your QP5. You might as well have a I am at QP5 life. It's crazy. <laughs> now that I've driven it, Ed bid genuinely scared by the transmission. Water I mean, genuinely frightened. I, your I, arm is in front of your face I, like I, I turned, I turned, something's going to shatter. I turned around at the bottom of a hill <laughs> and just thought, I, I've gotten into this car a little bit, but I need to really get into it. And then I realized as I put my foot to the floor, that means there's going to be more shifting. And so yeah. I put my foot to the floor, lifted it way off, pulled the paddle. Listen to it think and clunk Ugh. and churn and find second gear. I did that multiple <laughs> other times. It, really, it's it's. I, I think I'm holding my breath every time that car shifts. It's I horrifying. think I'm actually holding my breath. But it brought me back to the thought you had, 
which I am now liking even more. Okay. <laughs> I realize we're intending to give these cars away. I also know that those of you that have given us money for the cars may tell us, no, no, you can keep those. Don't you dare. Because they well, might we'll be smarter. we'll go to the next person on the list. And if, if you don't well, want we'll but, go to the next person. We're gonna, we're gonna, what we're going to have to do is genuinely do a survey to see if like the consensus is keep them or give them back. Yes, for sure. But, for sure. So if, if it's keep them. But the thing is um, – <laughs> Yeah, please don't give us those cars. I think it's good. Yeah. I think that's going to be My the massive consensus. I've, I've laughed. I've enjoyed the videos. Please, dear God, do not put that <laughs> on a truck headed to my house. Anyway, your idea of an LS motor and a six-speed in that Quattroporte would take away the terror and leave you with a very cool car. Would it not? Now that I've driven it, I driven love it hard, like it, driven it with that transmission. I'm just uh-huh. going. Where's Where's the American running gear? The big V8 Stuffed and the six-speed manual. And then I'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. there have been multiple examples throughout time of Italian beauty mm-hmm. with American running gear. It's your four-door Pantera. <laughs> absolutely, this is not. This is not. Yeah. You know, something out of the blue. No, it's been done before. But how about with a QP5? But It'll I have seen a build car. Everybody will suddenly be about QP5s dropping the LS oh, with the six-speed, and that would be. Freaking awesome! Somebody's going to send us the uh, the build sheet if somebody's already done it. But I, here's the I thing: I love that. I've, I've ridden around it a few times, but it wasn't until I drove it that I went, "Oh, now I see. Now I yeah. really, really see." Yeah. So anyway, so we're we're talking we're talking here about Jason, who is putting. You know what? Just for fun, Jason, could you put some sort of wildly unreliable Italian motor in the Fiero just to really oh, connect the worlds? Even better. Anyway, no. Back to back to what you need. Alfa you Romeo need the, from the '80s. Uh, Hi. <laughs> you need. Drop that in the back. You know. But here, hang on. Sorry, I'm I'm there now. The Fiat Five. Hundred motor, oh, oh, is it unreliable? In a Fiero, I don't know that it's unreliable, but I, do but I like, fine. I like the marriage of those two. Ooh, the Fiat Five Hundred motor in a Fiero. Could you find a wrecked Alpha Four C and drop the motor out of that because it's about Maybe. the same size? The Maybe, Fiat 500 but motor. the Fiat Five Hundred is probably much easier to find. Fiat Five Hundred motor in the back of a Fiero. How about on a Bart motor? At least the Five Hundred. That, that's what I mean. Okay, sorry, that's right. what I mean. I mean the Bart right. motor. That's exactly what I mean. Sorry. Okay. So yeah, yeah that, that turbo snorly, snorty monster in the back of a Fiero would be hysterical. Dude. Yeah. It'd be great. The All Fiat right. Aero, any, the, the, I don't know. The, the Fiero Abart is what it'd be. It'd be the Fiero Abart. Somebody make that badge. The Nate, car. I'm calling you out, man. Make that badge. <laughs> the car does not exist. Anyway. Maybe it can. All right, Jay. I am looking at, uh, first of all, wagons. The, the, the space that you need, and you don't want the SUV, and you want a manual. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, BMW did build this car. In 2010, you could go buy yourself a used 535i X-Drive manual wagon. Love it. Found you one with 104,000 miles, white exterior with natural brown leather. Unfortunately, they're asking way too much money, Mm. $31,900. Well, they know they have something rare. Uh, That's rare, and that's going to be appreciated by... People like us, so yeah, for and sure, yeah. Jason. So, but I, it's interesting because I had mentioned look for they the proper five series wagon. You have found the proper five series wagon. That's the kind of spec we're talking about for sure. You know, there's this car that's really caught my eye that I really kind of dig. It is the brand spanking new Mercedes AMG GLB thirty five. Oh, okay, all right. It's a small seven seater. Yeah. There's more rear space with those all those seats folded than there is in a Macan, and it's almost a Macan size. Interesting point. Okay, all right. It's got 302 horsepower and an eight-speed dual clutch. Yeah. The problem is it's not on sale in the U.S. and probably North America until late 2020. Mm, okay. So what's the what's the cost on that though? Is that oh, they're going to be. They'll, I mean, he's got fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, he does. Money. But but 
I feel like is that B going to be above that though? I feel like it will be. I hope not. I like it though. I like the idea. I like the styling of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm really attracted yeah, yeah. to it. Interestingly, and I of course Mercedes, we love mm-hmm. everything they're doing right now with they're the doing MBX great stuff. and they really are, yeah. They're really killing it. So, I like that, but it's not available because you're buying within 45 days. Mm-hmm. So there's another SUV that is not manual. I mean, manual's hard to find in any SUV. The biggest problem with this whole discussion is Cayenne. the manual. That's the biggest problem with this discussion is Cayenne's finding the, the manual wagon yeah. that's also all-wheel drive. You, you end up you have to have to pick and choose. You, you have and to I'm pick what's there, more anyway, yeah, yeah. All right. So the BMW X3 was really impressive on track when we drove it a year and a half That's ago. It's a sentence you don't normally hear, but yes, go on. Hey, I wasn't expecting that either. Uh-huh. And the yeah, yeah. BMW press fleet guy was like, no, you'll be surprised. No, take it out on track. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. like, okay. I came back and I went, where has this been? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now they've come out with the X3M. Which looks better. Because <laughs> we could put an M package on all of it. They can. This is what they do. BMW so, now with M chairs. It, just, it is. Just for your bar stools. We have bar stools. <laughs> BMW bar stools. But we also have the BMW M bar stools. And, and the they've fasteners got the, and trim is black. They've got the tricolor mm-hmm. on them. And, uh, and they have, I guess, mo- more bolstering when you sit at the bar. Look. Jay, anyway, this thing yeah. corners better than it should. Of course it does. I like this X3. I like how it looks. I like the size. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fold the seats down. Hoonage, all-wheel drive, looks cool. It's right on the cusp because you don't initially think, oh, well, that's a flashy. What is that, actually? Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of power. It looks, you know, sits right. But you could go sedan. You could go Audi A7. Not manual, but you could go Audi A7. Yes. You could go Panamera. Not manual. But are the, are the back of those big enough? I'm genuinely wondering. I it don't, can hold the weight, I would but I don't know see, about the bulk. I would have to volume. see the volume of yeah. these cases of wine. I don't. I'm thinking just long five door hatchback. Yeah, Kia Stinger came to mind. Mm-hmm. Double stack in a back of a hatchback. I totally. But I have that, one yeah. last suggestion. Okay. That you're all. Everybody's going to laugh at. I'm 49 percent serious. <laughs> How about a Phaeton? Oh the, my god. The trunk is freaking huge. The trunk is huge. Yes. It'll right. carry weight. You yeah. said. Well, they're not manual, but you said. All-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Comfortable place to be because mm-hmm. you're going to be traveling a lot. Yes. These things were built for high miles, even though the maintenance its really expensive and stuff might yeah. break. Yeah, there's but a lot of that. What if you got a cheap-ish, cheap, cheaper, how about a more expensive Phaeton than Todd got? How about yeah, don't, that? Don't get the $5,000 one. Get the, get the ones that are selling for twelve. Get the $12,000 Phaeton. Yeah. Squirrel some money aside to pay for maintenance and whatever happens, and drive that thing into the ground. The trunk is huge. The back seat is huge. Fill the car with wine. Mm -hmm. You'll have a 7,000-pound Phaeton at that point. (laughs) But it'll be fast and smooth and comfortable, plenty of power, all-wheel drive. I like it. And then you won't care. If you're bombing around some back roads, you won't care. You you know, kind of Phaeton safari <laughs> now you've got a Phaeton. Now some, somewhere in your head is a Phaeton Safari build being used for lemons. Yes, I'm I'm horrified. Yes. What's the lemons equivalent rally equivalent of lemons? I know there is such a thing. Anyway, yeah, I, I, okay. I'm 49 percent right. serious. Because I know you are. Get it? it it's still cheap at 12 grand versus your budget. That's yeah. still very yeah, inexpensive. Yeah. Put some money aside for repairs because yeah. it will yeah, happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drive it into dust. Yeah, Drive it forever, that. and it's heavy and fast and smooth and comfortable. And you'd good, wind up with some. It's designed for what you're. Doing it. You'd want it in some cases trunk. in the back seat, but it, but I think sure. you'd still be it'd still be like and the floorboards yeah. of the back seat will take four or five uh, probably at least. probably then pile true. them on the seat yeah. fill oh, up the man. trunk the trunk is enormous yeah you're right you're right it watch is. Todd's it fits, video it he fits me climbs in the back it fits me you could put a suitcase in there with me yes yeah, you, you could. really could it's, it's huge 
cars like that aren't built anymore. And if they are, they're really expensive. That's the whole big sedan challenge. I had that moment when I climbed. This is a sentence I never, genuinely never thought I'd say in my lifetime, but I'm going to say it right now. So here I go. Big deep breath. I had that moment when I climbed in the trunk of a Volkswagen Phaeton and my wife was actually watching. And I had that terrible moment. And, and my wife, look, I've been married a long time. My wife and I have a very good marriage. We work very hard at it. We have a very good marriage. I love her very much, and she loves me, at least at last I heard. But when I climbed to the fate, I did have that, that one flickering moment where I just thought, she's going to close me in here, and she's going to walk away. She's going to be like, oh, you got plenty of room. All right, see ya. Anyway, yeah. So, and I would have uh, filmed that. You would have. You would have happily filmed it until the trunk closed. That. And then I would have been looking for that terrible, you know, glows-in-the-dark pull tab that does all cars are supposed that? to. I'm not sure it does. That? I think it, th- think it started in 05. Is this pre-lawyers it in 05. on that? Speaking of the fact that all cars have to have that, I'll go you one further. <laughs> because it's a federal regulation, and I think it did start in 05, because it's a federal regulation, every car that has a trunk, the trunk of your uh, Cayman is a good example, yes. is supposed to have that glow-in-the-dark pull tab if, you're, if you find yourself in the trunk. Indeed, it has it. The Lotus Elise has it, and I'm just going to go ahead and put it there. If you're in the trunk of a Lotus Elise, you're dead. You're in pieces, okay? There is no way to put a There's human no body you. back there. There's no I'm you. sorry, but a child doesn't fit in the Lotus Elise trunk. Yeah. yeah anyway, just... but of course, federal regulations, we've got to comply. All right, We go. got way off in the weeds Suggestions there. for okay, Jay, go. I'm back here to Jason. All right, so we're trying to find a wagon. Now, again, where this gets difficult is checking all the boxes. Okay. Uh-oh. What's Fate happened? wagon. Phaeton, they built one show car. It was the Concept D. Did they really build a, a Phaeton wagon? wagon? built on the Phaeton. And it, they showed it at the 03 or 04 Frankfurt Motor Show. Okay. Go look this thing up. It's actually kind of different. And it's got some style to it. Phaeton wagon. Wow. All right. All right. Huge. So there isn't such a thing. But so we have a problem of – because I do think wagon is where you want to be. Okay. But I think the problem here is do you want manual or do you want all-wheel drive? Yeah, it's and hard to Most find. of the ones we can think of that are really good in all-wheel drive do not come with a manual transmission. So that is a problem. Having said that, I'm going to go ahead and mention, yes, you should look at – I love the 5 Series you found, and that's awesome. A-Series wagon is fantastic. What's the, what's the hottest-up version of the A6 wagon you can get? Hmm. What hmm. can you find in Canada? What's the hottest version of the A6 wagon? That would be brilliant. Yeah. Also, yeah. how much or how recent of an E63 wagon can you get? Also not manual, but come on. Mercedes E63 wagon. Uh, yeah. You will love that. And that has a ton of space. And I think that Fantastic. is – here's the thing. If you could find yourself a E63 actual AMG wagon, you may find a lesser one. You may find what is like the – is it the 43, the lesser AMG? Did they make uh, that in the wagon? I think they did. I, Anyway, I can't remember if they brought that to the how how hot a version can you get in Ontario? So I don't know what that story is, but what's the E class super wagon you can buy? Even if you were able to find a used, the big boy, except for car enthusiasts, nobody's gonna know what that car is. It's just gonna be like you bought our, our wine guy has a Mercedes wagon. That's like I don't care. So there's right, that right. So and but then if I think wagon stylish, hang in a long time, would really like manual. I can't do all wheel drive, but I can do. Cadillac CTS-V. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that's great. And I even remember that at some point, Johnny Lieberman took Motor Trend's long-term loaner, which he loved. Hmm. He's a microbrew guy, if memory serves. And he drove cross-country, filling the back with microbrews from, like, coast to coast. No kidding. He probably packed that thing full. So the the idea is sound. Now, Hmm. what's your weather situation in Ontario? How much can you deal with winter tires versus your situation? Or maybe just get those new all-weather tires. That's a possibility as well. 
I kind of wonder if you can make the C- C- uh, CTSV wagon work. So you have a manual that you love that is fun to be in. It's pre-Q system, so you don't have that. Boy, wouldn't that be cool? It'd be perfect. Yeah. And I think you can get them for your budget if you can make the tires work to get through the winters. That's my That's only the question. Issue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean – you might be able to squeeze through with just rear-wheel drive if you get maybe a different set of wheels and tires. Yeah, no, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. We'll see. Tell us what you get, Jason, because I, I really think Fast Wagon is for you. I think it's the right look. I mean, yes, you could do SUVs here, but I think Fast Wagon is the right feel look that gets everything done. But it's the problem of, again, as I said, all-wheel drive versus manual because merging the two, is that's difficult to find. Crazy comment over here on social media. I, I'm blown away by this quick story that I want to share on it from Facebook. This is from Randy Dunning Jr., who says, okay. back in February, he was driving through some winter weather in Oklahoma, got into a pretty serious accident. And he sent a picture where the driver door of the Dodge Caravan he was driving, that was a company vehicle, was ripped off its hinges. The side curtain airbags went off. Fortunately, he was relatively unscathed, which was a blessing. Yes, Randy, we're very, very happy. The to hear driver's okay. doors ripped off, by the way. That, you got to have some serious force to rip off. The but it's door. also not like I lost the passenger door and it's way over there. It's like that thing that was at my elbow a minute ago now gone. He was listening to the podcast as he drove. <laughs> I, I saw this. It's I'm it's, blown away by it's this. Cool Randy. and creepy am, and many other things all at once. I, I yes. don't know what to do with this. So Randy says so. Our voices debating the merits of one car versus another could have been the last thing he heard in life should the accident have turned out much worse. Yikes. I, I'm amazed. <laughs> He's been pondering this the other day, and he came to the conclusion that he'd be totally okay with it. <laughs> That's more amazement on I, I agree. I don't think our voices should be the last thing anybody hears. Honestly, I think, I think that's a bad day, but I am really appreciating that Randy was Randy, like, Randy, yeah, thank right. you. We're glad you're okay. For sure. I, honestly, I'm sorry that happened, but man, I'm thrilled you're okay and writing us and sharing the story. That just, wow. Yeah. What, what I'm, I like I'm is, just amazed. Is I, don't, that, I don't have a category for that. I don't either. Rand, Randy closes this by saying that he appreciates the fact that we seem to tr- seem to be genuinely interesting guys that are trying to make the world a little bit better and people happy. And uh, look, I, I hope it's interesting. Thank you guys for listening. And, and clearly you've told us that it is. But he is right about that fact. You and I, we often disagree, but we aren't ever – there's never really vitriol behind it. No. Because no. we're brothers more than anything. Yeah. And, and – there's so much vitriol and disagreement and separation in every other part of all of our lives yeah. Yeah. in almost any topic. Yes, could we get political and divisive about cars? Of course we could. Sure. That's but don't we, we all have enough of that? So I do hope <laughs> – yeah, Randy, great. I appreciate that that resonates with you because we want to have disagreements. Let me rephrase. We don't seek them out. But we will have disagreements. But let's all be friends and be intelligent and have a good conversation about it because ultimately it's cars and life. And we said that thing about hard to hate up close. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get along and enjoy the fact that cars are awesome. And, Randy, I'm actually glad you're okay. I mean what's funny is kind of behind the scenes there's so many things we do agree on. But naturally, just in what we're looking for out of the driving experience, that's just natural. We're not trying to poke on that and say, well, I disagree with that. Well, I disagree with that just to play it up for polarity. No, not at all. Sake of polarity. That, that just sometimes just happens. And yeah, that's okay. But it's fun to learn from somebody else. Like, totally. Oh, that's a cool 
thing I didn't think of. I mean, that doesn't matter as much to me, so I disagree with that, but or whatever. <laughs> you're you're know still what I mean? very wrong, but that's interesting <laughs> that you could come to that conclusion and talk about it with such passion. Yeah, that really I'm just happened. fascinated by your demeanor. That, talking about that actually happened a lot opinion. between the two of us. We'll get into a conversation. It's like, I'm just going to let you keep running on that, but I just don't agree. I'm just going to watch you dig your own that's hole. That's fascinating. You're way down the, the road of that, and you're completely wrong, but it's fine. Yeah, okay. Uh, Akim wrote in on Twitter, and, and Akim has written in a few times, hey, man, how are you? He said, okay, he's in Germany. And he said his wife has done it again, which is actually a good thing in this regard. She gave him a voucher mm. for a Lamborghini Huracan drive. Lovely. But I've never heard of this before. He has an option. It's a Lamborghini Huracan drive either way. Okay. okay. All right. It's four laps of a less than two-mile track, or it's 40 minutes of mixed driving, city, back road, autobahn. Okay. Which does do we think he should do? Honestly... I'm kind of surprised, but I kind of unpack this for a minute. I think you get more from your money out of the street drive. And I think you will okay, come away okay. with more of an appreciation, good or bad, for the car. Because I think if you do the four laps on the track, it's going to take you two laps just to get over the where the heck am I factor. Yeah, that's And true. then it's going to be two laps real quick of, wow, this car is fast, and oh my gosh, I missed that corner again, and, and I'm still listening the to the car. instructor don't and all that kind of stuff. Wall. And then you're done. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Okay? It's going to be 15 minutes at most. Like, that includes, like, strapping in time. Okay? <laughs> if you yeah. take it out on a actual actual roads and you get some driving, especially some Autobahn driving, make sure you're somewhere where you get some de-restricted, you will get a much, I think, a much more well-rounded picture of what is a supercar like? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'll be, what is this supercar like? Yes, but just in general, you will get an understanding of, because you'll get back in your normal car where you always drive like this. True. And you'll be like, True. huh, I think you'll have much more to take away, Akim, if you do the street drive. That's interesting because, yeah, at a Lamborghini on track, is your whole headspace is, this is past, I'm, you know, it's way out ahead of where I'm at mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. For a lot of drivers, it's just way out there mm-hmm. and so you're going to be driving at more comfortable se- speeds but not getting as much out of it as you could that's interesting well and it won't have it won't relate to anything he normally does yeah it'll be a that was a cool roller coaster moment you're saying put it in context of what you do normally yes. and then that will blow your mind yes and yeah. then, you, and then sure. you have an understanding of okay so what do i think of supercar owners in the street or on the autobahn i mean would that even be something i would like we've mm-hmm. had that conversation recently last podcast we talked about the topic tuesday that rich sent in was are supercars relevant because of these kind of things yeah right Occam, i think there's a real interesting life experience there doing that matthew hickey wrote to us on facebook and asks how do we define character as it relates to cars oh, i saw this yeah there can be cars with a, a thing that it does that's sort of like oh well that's kind of a fun engine sound at that rpm or oh that kind of turns in pretty sharply right there but when it's down to this feels like what you know about that country and the, the inhabitants and citizens of that country mixed with, you know, the people who build it and where the car is from and the, the heritage, whether it's that's a Japanese car. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, this really kind of fits the styling and the ethos. And I can okay. really feel that. And or an Italian car. I'm I'm feeling it in the Maserati. Yeah. And yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I spoke about this. I'm, I'm going to give this piece away. In the big sedan shoot, mm-hmm. we're looking for that character, especially in cars this big. Yes, for sure. That's yep. part of the entire point. It's yep. not just okay. they're big yep. and they have a lot of space and all that stuff. Is Do cars of this size even have character mm, we're talking about? Okay, I'm right. finding the Maserati has kind of a spicy, flamboyant turn-in and engine note and power and a feeling you're left with that's sort of like, 
does it match up to what you kind of have in your head? And then does it surprise and delight you with that thing? Like we experienced with a GT350. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal mm-hmm. car. It doesn't feel American to me. It feels European. Interesting. It drives okay. like Europeans right. do. And, right. you know, the way it sits and turns in and it has a different damping and feel to it that mm. isn't mm. an American car. This is fabulous. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. That's what I noted about the GT350. When we first drove it, I thought, this is European. Interesting. See, my, my definition would be a little bit different. And I think I, I'm going to relate it to people. It has to have, it has to have flaws that to some degree you find annoying. It does. It, in the same way that you know your spouse, your best friend, your whatever, like there's what? many things you like about them. And then there's like, I, I just can't believe that that is, is a thing, okay? I'll give you a few examples. You know what? I'll take your example. The GT350R versus the Camaro ZL1. Okay. All right. I preferred, spoiler alert, in that TV episode, I prefer the GT350R. Fundamentally, the ZL1 is the faster, better, smoother car. Okay. Better in the corners, easier to go fast. Okay. I had to work for it more in the GT350R, but I kind of liked that more hmm. i liked the crazy engine note and the fact that it wasn't quite as stable in the corners and i had to i had to seek out the speed a little more while listening to that engine holler hmm. that engaged me because it was not quite perfect a lot of cool stuff some stuff that i'm kind of having to work with and make mine mm-hmm. this is okay. the problem and i know problem is a, is a is fighting words here but this is my problem with a lot of the porsche lineup right now because it's all gotten so good and refined they're becoming closer to characterless. Now, cars like the GT2 RS get their character back because they did crazy things to make them more just kind of hyper-focused. But you get in a 911, a modern 911, a modern Panamera, and you drive it normally, and it's fine. It's very well-built. Sure. It's very nice to be in. Sure. I wouldn't define it as having character because they're so refined, it's kind of refined out of it versus the Alpha Quadrifolio. Yeah. Which yeah. has some fiery character, some uncertainties about it. The Alpha 4C is another one. I know, I know from having driven it in multiple occasions, including on a track, it is not as good as the Elise. Hmm. The Elise has plenty of character flaws. The 4C has them too. I like them both. Sure, sure. You know, even though I know that from a dynamics perspective, the 4C is not as good, there's a part of me that's like, I don't have 4C. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think it has to have flaws. The more, And that's <laughs> the problem I'm having with cars is they become more isolated and more, if you will, perfect. They're becoming less engaging. And that's why I love the Elise so much. Yeah. And we, we talk about the, the recipe, the size, the weight, the wheelbase, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff that makes up that car. Yeah. And there's things that on paper you think, that's going to be awesome to drive, and it's not. Mm-hmm. And other times you think, well, that's too heavy, and that's not going to drive a wheel. And you come away, Wow. Well, you know, this is weird. This is a weird one. But the Phaeton, let me go there real quick. The Phaeton is not a car with character. Let me rephrase. A new Phaeton at MSRP is not a car with character. It's perfect. (laughs) It costs a ton of money. Why would I buy this? But at $5,000 where it may break at any moment, and I can't believe I got all of that for only this much, character has been gained. It's so still a not car an engaging. Can have character later. On. I agree with that. It's still not engaging to drive. So it can change over time because Absolutely of the virtues can. or non-virtues of the car. Because of the way it has aged, mm-hmm. it can age character. I mean, what happens to wine? I know nothing about wine. I still know that's true. <laughs> St- stuff can <laughs> age into it. character. So yeah. I think that is true as well. Cars, cars are not. They're not the same proposition new as they are used. No, that's what I find not. fascinating. There's plenty of cars this we talk about the big here where challenge. when they are brand new, I'm like, eh. 
I'll give you a great example. The 335 IS when it was brand new, that BMW. Oh, yeah. We yeah, drove yeah. it brand new, and I liked it. I was very impressed, but I couldn't justify what it cost. You were really turned off by the price. I At remember the minute that. they were twenty grand. it was like, we should go get a 335 IS. <laughs> you should go get a 335 <laughs> yeah. IS. Everybody, so go the, get the, one. The, the character yeah. equation changed, which is also fascinating. Yeah. No, that's excellent. Excellent. Oh, you know what? Here's, here's a good one. Ian wrote in about his 2011 Mini Cooper S. He has okay. it as a winter car. Okay. Okay, so it's it's front-wheel drive. It's not all-wheel drive. He's living in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hey. So snow. I grew up but there. But mostly it's just cold, dry days. It's not like we're getting buried in snow. So he's saying, okay, winter tires, should I get full winter tires? Do I need them? Or can I get away with all seasons and do enough when it's snowing? I'm wondering, Ian, about those new all-weathers about about a year or two. Michelin makes them. Uh, Continental makes them. Nokian makes them. It, the, the designation here is it's a new designation of taking an all-season tire and making it more snow-capable. Okay. In a perfect okay. world, in a perfect world, I'm going to tell you a tool for the job. Get some good summer performance tires. Get some good winter tires. Put the winter tires on when it is actually winter. But if you're trying to do a one-tire solve here, because I'm also wondering if you're going to be the guy that's going to have all seasons and then a set of winters. At that point, just get all weathers. Sure. Especially if sure. you're not seeing a ton of snow. Holy moly, we're near out of time. Uh, there's so many good questions on yeah, here. Addie Piper, you've yeah. got a question. What's the worst crime in car enthusiast culture? I, I want to come back to that in a, in a while <laughs> and a, revisit that. Like a full topic episode it, there, I think. It, yeah. it might be. I mean, it's going to be different for every segment of car culture because the you know lifted pickup truck crowd is not going to like the slammed, stanced you know, mm. and think, well, that's a crime. Interesting. Okay. It's different for everybody. We're going to unpack that a little bit more, but write to us your Topic Tuesday questions like that, your car debates, and also, hey, you guys are sending us updates, you know, comments, car conclusions, <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff. stuff. Keep it's it coming. Yeah. Really appreciate all your input and uh, the fact that you're liking the Phaeton and the QP5. We're, we're liking them while we're terrified. <laughs> it's like liking something while you hold your breath. That's really what it is going on here. <laughs> Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.